Hello, everyone. We are so excited to have you join us for another episode of the Front Row Club, your lifestyle guide to fashion, culture, and self-development. My name is Britt, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Sophia. Hi, listeners. You'll have to excuse my voice. I'm recovering from a cold, but I'm happy to be back with you for Season 1, Episode 2. We're really excited to present you guys with the Complete First Date Guide, our foolproof plan to enjoy your evening and secure that second date. I'd like to think that Britt and I have accumulated some pretty helpful dating insights through our personal experiences, so we'd like to share our tips and hopefully save you from some bad dates. Yeah, I feel like we've really perfected the process. I haven't heard you complain about a date in a hot minute, Sophia. Even if it doesn't work out in the long run, we always enjoy the first ones, so today we're going to share all the tips and tricks you can use to set yourself up for a great first date. We're going to get into whether or not you should go on the date, how to boost your confidence as you get ready, conversation topics, body language, and how to end the date on a high note. And with Valentine's Day dinner reservations right around the corner, we thought it would be the perfect time to share some lingerie shopping insights so that you can choose the sexiest and daintiest pieces without spending all of your boyfriend's hard-earned money. Whether you're choosing your Valentine's gift or buying your own lingerie, you deserve a beautiful new set. So... Sophia and I took on a mission to find the cutest ones on the market, but we'll get more into that later during our Fashion Forward segment. And I wanted to remind our listeners what we're all about at the Front Row Club real quick. The conversations you hear on this podcast are exclusively our own, and it's important to note that we're not intending to put anything down. We're purely sharing our perspectives based on personal experiences and relevant research. I'd like to add that our minds are always open to change, So it's important to keep the conversation going and share your stories. In our discussion today, you'll hear some of our personal experiences that have led to the best advice in dating. And let me tell you guys, Britt and I have learned a lot about dating in the last few years. We really have that first date formula down. We really do. We've gone through a solid trial and error process, and I'm happy to report that having a successful first date is actually easier than you think. I wish I would have known how straightforward the process is when I started dating. Even though we've been having a great time lately, some of our dates when we were younger were pretty rough, so we'll share some of those stories to save you from making the same mistakes. I'm a little nervous to expose my bad dates, but it's worth it to help the club. And just another quick reminder before we get into the episode, if you would like to follow along with all of the pop culture and unsponsored products we mention in today's episode, you're more than welcome to do so on our site, www.thefrontrowclub.com. Everything we mentioned today is in the current edition so that you can join our conversation without having to surf Google. So guys, without further ado, let's get into season one, episode two, the complete first date guide. From what to wear to what to say, first dates are stressful, but there's one thing you can do right away to increase your odds of having a good time and getting along with your date. We preach it in our friend group, you don't have to go out with them. I've definitely been in a few situations where I wasn't sure if I should go on the date, and sometimes I've been pleasantly surprised, but other times I've sent Brit that call me with a fake emergency text. But the thing you should know about Britt is that she's a sly little fox, 
and she's quite quick with creating fake facts. Her delivery is so serious, so by the time I'm leaving the date, I'm already looking up what to do when your apartment floods and making arrangements. In my defense, I didn't know if you were on speakerphone, so I had to sell it, if you know what I mean. Well, you got me out, so I can't complain. But the worst one for sure was when we were at the vessel. To fill you guys in, last year we were checking out the vessel, which is like 15 stories high at least. And Britt convinced my friends and me that we had to pass a mandatory psych evaluation to walk up to the top floor. I genuinely did not think you guys were going to let it go on for that long, but... It was too easy and it was quite funny. Yeah, she really let us discuss whether or not we had time to work a 15-minute evaluation into our day plan before she even let us know that she wasn't even serious. Britt, your talent is a blessing and a curse, and I've definitely appreciated it in the moments that I needed an out. But fortunately, we don't really play like that anymore. And I think it's because we've become pretty strict when it comes to evaluating whether or not we should even go on the date in the first place. Yeah, I can confirm Sophia is very strict and her rule about being picked up is firm. If the guy doesn't offer, she's out. She's gone. I can't help it. It just doesn't give me that special date feeling when I'm putting the address in in maps. I'm trying to figure out where to park. I'm changing out of my driving sneakers. It's like, if you want to take me out, you have to come get me. I have so many things to do at home anyways, and I always know I'd be happier enjoying my evening at home rather than having a bad time with someone I'm not even going to see again. You know what? I agree with you, and I'm thinking of it this way. If it's only the first date, the man you're seeing doesn't see you as valuable enough as a woman to pick you up. What makes you think he's going to start giving you that sort of treatment later on in your relationship? I mean, I get that sometimes it's better for you if it's a first date, but... I really appreciate it when a guy asks me if I'd like to be picked up or if I'd prefer a meeting. I know, that's an automatic green flag. I appreciate the concern for my preference, but usually I wouldn't even go out with anyone that I wouldn't share my address with. And listeners, you don't have to adopt my rule. It's totally up to you how you approach the date, but in general, I strongly encourage being aware of the effort your date is putting in. Exactly. You can kind of tell how they'll treat you based on your conversations, especially in the planning process. For example, I'm not really a fan of coffee or walks as a first date. It feels like a work meeting, and honestly, it gives me the impression that he wants to put minimal effort in. I know, I've seen those Andrew Tate types on TikTok suggest it, but it's my understanding that they propose the coffee dates so the guy isn't spending a lot of their time or a lot of their money without knowing if the girl is worth it so to speak that's so unfortunate but at least it saves us time because your first date with your future boyfriend probably isn't a size you up coffee interview if he suggests something that you're not really into and he doesn't give tate vibes you can always offer a different idea or just politely say no there's definitely no harm in politely declining or suggesting something else a couple weeks ago this guy asked me if i'd like to go out for dinner but then he suggested olive garden And no hate to Olive Garden, it's just not for me. Yeah, that's more of a spot when you're already dating and you want unlimited breadsticks. I love Olive Garden, but for a first date, I I, I don't know what to say. I ended up suggesting a different Italian place, and he was totally fine with going there. So it's not always the initial offer that you should judge. You should also consider the effort that they're willing to make to make that first date enjoyable for you. 
We'll be getting into what to do on the actual date soon, but I think what Sophia said is a good example of how you can set yourself up for an evening you'll be satisfied with. Don't forget to check in with yourself. If there's something about the date that doesn't feel like the right vibe, it's up to you to change that. I think nine times out of 10, the guy will happily oblige because he wants you to be there. Well, I experienced that one in 10 recently. This guy asked me out and he even confirmed our date the morning of, but I sort of got the vibe that he expected me to meet him there. So I asked the girls if I should test it and I ended up asking him if he would mind picking me up. And he says to me, no, haha, I only meet up. Well, on first dates anyways, I was so floored, but I got it together and I politely told him that I have different dating expectations, so we're probably better suited for other people. That was the right call. It goes back to evaluating what you're looking for and understanding that the experience you want to have starts from the first date. If you're looking for a relationship, does your next boyfriend text you, I'm here, and wait in the car, or does he get you from the door? I don't understand the I'm here text. Like, are you my Uber or something? I usually let some of these things slide initially, though. A lot of guys don't know any better. One that kind of irritates me, though, is if a guy picks me up in a big truck and he doesn't help me get inside. I know, right? I'm like, how do I scale this raptor and still look like a lady? See, Britt, this is why I keep telling you about southern guys. They would never let you climb into a truck without a hand. I'll have to report back to you on that. At the end of the day, I think what Sophia and I are trying to express is it's important to be aware of what you like and what rubs you the wrong way so you have a better chance of getting along and getting asked out again. And when you're at the stage, it's totally up to you to have the experience you're looking for. And remember, at any point, you can kindly let your date know that you've changed your mind. So now that we've covered step one of a successful date, I was wondering, how do you usually feel right before you leave for a first date, like when you're getting ready and while you're waiting for him to pick you up? Oh my gosh, my anxiety is always through the roof, but at the same time, I love it. I'll totally be looking forward to it all day, and then as soon as I start getting ready, I feel like my legs are going to give out. Yeah, that's how I feel too right before first dates. They're definitely exciting because, you know, you're seeing a new person that you're interested in, but it is also nerve-wracking because of the fact that it's someone new. And God forbid you feel like you're rushing while you're getting ready. Do you remember that guy I was seeing around Easter last year? The one from out of town? Yeah, that was him. To fill you guys in, this super sweet guy asked me on a date, and on the day of, I gave myself just enough time to do my routine. It was really important to me to make a good first impression, so I totally wanted to look my best. But as soon as I started my eye makeup, my allergies started flaring up, which made my eyes water and my makeup run, so I just couldn't get my eyes to dry or any product to stay on my face. And then every time I would try to start my makeup over, I would get anxious and flustered, and my hands ended up shaking so much I couldn't do my makeup. So I stopped to take a break and check my phone, and it was the exact time that I was supposed to be at the restaurant, and I had a text from him saying he was there waiting for me. Oh, he didn't pick you up? Okay, I know what you're thinking. I had to break my rule this one time because I needed my car to drive somewhere else after. But anyways, I'm far from how I want to look, and I'm unforgivably late. So I started to panic because I needed a good 20 minutes to redo my makeup and another 10 minutes to drive there. So I did something super rational. 
I stopped getting ready and I started to have an emotional breakdown. I went to my roommate, I gave her a rundown of the situation, and then I tossed her my phone and said, you got this boss. He's a really good guy and he's waiting at the restaurant. I'm obviously not going, so it's your turn to navigate the situation. And I'm not sure if she said something to persuade him or if he's just a really great guy. Probably the latter, but he ended up letting me know that it was totally okay, he understood, and he actually left chocolates for me at my doorstep. It was the nicest thing. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I don't think most guys would bring you a gift after leaving them hanging at a restaurant in a city they don't live in. I know, I felt so guilty about it, but he was a true gentleman though. And what would you say you learned from it? Maybe it's obvious, but it was a bit of a harsh reminder to make sure to give myself not only adequate time, but even more time just in case things don't go according to plan. That's actually so true though. The amount of times I've gaslit myself into thinking that 15 minutes is enough to get ready for a date is absurd. Or I've been ready for a date on time, but then something went wrong. I'm a changed woman now, though. I'm still working on it. My problem is that I think I'm free all the time, and I agree to plans as if I'm free all the time. But I actually have a really limited schedule, so I'm trying not to schedule a date unless I have like the whole afternoon off and I can fully be ready on time. I think people can always sense when I show up somewhere after I've rushed to get ready and I'm carrying that stressful, late energy. Yeah, it's annoying when you have that certain look in mind and you end up having to tone it down to be on time. You never want to get somewhere feeling frantic and unprepared. And listeners, that's pretty much the next step to ensuring that you feel confident on your evening out. Make sure you have enough time to get ready. Yeah, at this point, I think it's obvious that Sophia and I are firm believers in the fact that you should have lots of time and attention dedicated to yourself before going out and giving time and attention to someone else. That's so true. And it's so important to make sure that the time you're giving yourself is fun. I always like to do a little routine before heading out. Well, now you have to tell me what it is because I'm curious now. I have one too. Oh my gosh, should we compare routines? We totally should. You go first. Okay, this is my routine when I actually have enough time to get ready. I start with a long shower, and then I'm usually talking to a friend on the phone while I'm doing my skincare, giving myself a little blowout, and while my hairspray is setting, I pick out the outfit, and I do this little thing we call fashion show in my house, where I try on outfits and I let my friends decide what I'm going to wear that evening. Then I wrap it up with makeup, jewelry, and fragrances. And of course, I never forget a shot of tequila for liquid courage. Oh yeah, never forget the confidence shot. That sounds like the perfect getting ready routine, Sophia. Yeah, I've been swearing by it for the past while. I can definitely say that I've felt less on edge on dates when I've had enough time to relax before going. What's your routine, Britt? I feel like I always need to give myself a good hour before I leave the house. The first step for me is getting in a hot shower where I have time to slowly and consciously use my products rather than rushing to get everything done. I love what you said, consciously using products. It's totally a form of self-love. It definitely is. Then after my shower, I'll dry off and lotion up, pour a glass of wine, and then put on one of my hot girl playlists and do my hair and makeup. That's pretty much it. I just make sure to go slow and enjoy myself. That's such a good routine, Britt. I love how we both listen to our hype playlists. It's like the best part of getting ready. I know, right? Who's on your playlist? 
Okay, I'm a little hesitant to admit this, but it's mostly Fergie and Lil' Kim. I have tons of Fergie, too. She's so good at raising the vibe, especially with my humps. Okay, that one is not maybe on my hype playlist. That one's for another time. But I do really like Clumsy. It always puts me in a good mood when I'm getting ready. It would be so cute if we shared our playlist on the site sometime. Um, I think I'm going to look over yours before it goes on the site. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> but that is a really cute idea. And actually, listeners, we'd be happy to include our getting ready playlists on our weekly news, our current edition page. But yes, we hope we've clearly emphasized the point that making sure you have a good time on your date starts before the date itself. So don't rush the process of getting ready, having fun, and making sure you feel confident. And again, it's super important to give yourself love and some solid attention before you go and possibly give that to someone else. It's like you have a cute little date with yourself before your actual date. It is, and in my opinion, RuPaul said it best. If you can't love yourself... How in the hell are you going to love anyone else? Such an iconic quote by Rue. I love her so much. Me too. I feel like Rue would have the best getting ready routine out of anyone I can possibly think of. Not even a hot take. I completely agree. Do you know what's the worst part about getting ready? I don't know about you, but for me, it's definitely the anxiety that builds in my mind. The further I am in my routine, the more I think about how he's closer to picking me up and I start talking myself out of the date. I don't feel the pressure until I finish getting ready and I'm just sitting there waiting for him to pick me up. And remember, listeners, your routine and your standards are up to you, but ladies, he really should be picking you up on your first date. He really should be. It's a first date after all. It's the first impression, especially if it leads to, you know, a full-out relationship. If you want to look back on it and think, yeah, that was special, you probably weren't meeting him there. And I think this would be a good time to take a break from our first date rundown and share our analysis of the finest lingerie on the market with our fashion forward segment. Welcome to this week's fashion forward. Valentine's Day is right around the corner and we all know what that means. We sure do. Some of us are looking for a special set for the occasion. I feel like it's been so difficult to find quality sets lately. Let me tell you, Victoria's Secret has not been that great. I was just about to say this. The secret is out. They suck. That's a little harsher than I'm willing to be, but I'm glad you put it out there. I'm sorry, but I think it's been a collective disappointment at Victoria's Secret lately. But sadly, it's the only somewhat sexy lingerie store in most malls. But Britt and I have found luck shifting our gaze away from Victoria's Secret and onto other, better brands at a similar price point. Yeah, the brand isn't really cutting it anymore. Their obnoxious push-up bras and thongs with the logo straps are just something else. Oh no, my ex really liked the bombshell push-up ones. I have a graveyard of them in my closet. I don't know why he got me the same one in three colors though. It's not that nice of a design. I think it's because those bras had a decent fit and gave a nice lift, but quite obviously at the cost of style. Yeah, those sets definitely don't give off that dreamy and desirable vibe that I would want a lingerie set to. So since Britt and I have both had such devastating experiences with intimate shopping lately, 
We both came to the agreement that there are four elements to a set that can make or break it. We've definitely shared some difficulty with this. The four category rule that we've established has been a helpful guide in picking out sets that give off a classy, sexy vibe. Let's get into the rule. The four categories that you should be on the lookout for are color, material, pattern, and detail. Britt, which one should we get into first? Hmm, let's start with color. That's a good starting point for choosing any set. Color is something that either pulls us in or doesn't. I think you can never go wrong with a gorgeous neutral color like black or white. Even brown and gray hues suit everyone as long as it matches your skin and hair tone. I think that sticking with neutrals is a great way to go if you're feeling hesitant about bold colors. But speaking about bold, I'm not opposed to bright reds and blues sometimes, but as Britt said, it's important to make sure it matches your natural skin tone and hair. You don't want a color to wash you out. I think an easy way to avoid this is going for light pastel colors and keeping it monotone. Keeping it one color is the way to go for sure. You don't want your partner to be distracted by too many colors taking away from your natural beauty. I love how you put that. Moving along, let's talk about pattern next. That's something that Victoria's Secret can't get right. Every time I've been in the store lately, I met with the same huge lace and flower patterns and they just aren't it. The tacky lace and big floral patterns are so out. In my opinion, you can never go wrong with small, dainty floral lace patterns. That's the right call for Sherbet. Besides the unsightly lace, I think there's also another pattern type that you always have to avoid when it comes to shopping for sexy lingerie. Let's hear it. Honestly, animal print is out. I can't get behind the animal print either. I can't imagine pulling up to a meeting in a leopard print thong. I feel like this is a given. If you want to exude elegance and dreaminess, you don't need animal print. If I ever want to switch up the material from lace, I found myself getting into sheer tulle materials. I absolutely love tulle. It's my go-to as well whenever I want to change up the material. Tulle is so comfy, and I think the fact that it's sheer gives an element of sexiness that's a little understated. It is, and depending on the sheerness and pattern, a great way to add more dimension to your curves. It really does. And the last thing, I would argue that this is equally as important as the other elements we talked about. The detailing of the set can really make or break it. You're so right. I know we all love diamonds and sparkly things, but let me let you all in on something. Big gemstones on a bra will make it look way, way cheaper than it probably was. I'm totally with you. Shiny doesn't mean expensive. Unless it's tastefully placed accent diamonds, I can't get behind it. Yeah, I agree with that take. For detail, I think it's best to go as minimal as possible when you're trying to, you know, look sexy. You want the attention to be on you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I typically keep it as simple as possible, but whenever I want to add detail, I think that delicate frills are such an adorable feminine touch. I'm on board with the frills. It's all about the small details. It is. Well, there you have it, everyone. The four most important things to keep an eye out for while you're shopping for lingerie this Valentine's season are monotone colors, small delicate lace patterns, sexy material like tulle, and tasteful detail. I know that it's quite a few things to keep in mind, but if you're able to find a lingerie set that meets all of those expectations, I promise you, you're going to look perfect. You'll look stunning. And now that we've told you what to look for, we should get into where to look. 
Sophia and I did a bit of online shopping for all of you, and we found that two lingerie brands in particular just seem to kill it when it comes to finding alluring sets of lingerie. That's right. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this brand before, Agent Provocateur. It's been super popular, and for a good reason. I even saw it on an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills the other night. If the Real Housewives trust it, so do I. I actually ordered a set myself, one of the sheer tool ones. Was it the black one you sent me? Yeah, I had to pull the trigger on that one. Stunning choice, Brit. I'm curious, though. How did the set end up working out for you? Their stuff online is beautiful, and I always hear rave reviews, but I feel like you never know with online shopping. I usually order a couple sizes just in case, but I took a chance with my true size, and I couldn't be happier. Agent Provocateur has a wide range of selections, all very well-made and sexy, so I'll be ordering again for sure. I'll definitely have to try it out for myself soon. And another brand that's been standing out to us lately, both for quality and dreaminess, is Gooseberry Intimates. Oh, I love Gooseberry. You have a couple pieces from that brand, right? Well, I only have one bra so far. Hopefully Valentine's Day is nice to me this year, though. Their sets are stunning, and I remember hearing about them when they started to trend back in 2015. They got Alexis Ren to do a campaign for them, but obviously, they're pretty mainstream now, and that's okay. Yeah, they are, and that doesn't surprise me. Their sets are angelic. Angelic is a good term for Gooseberry. They're definitely more girl next door, and Agent Provocateur is more grown up but they're equally elegant in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. Between those two brands, they both bring everything to the table that women want from lingerie sets. And girls, if you're like us and you've been struggling lately with finding eye-catching lingerie at Victoria's Secret, these brands are the same price or cheaper than them. So they're perfect substitutes. We really hope you all enjoyed this week's fashion forward topic. It's definitely been difficult lately to find lingerie in store that checks all your boxes, but we hope that our recent experiences with Agent Provocateur and Gooseberry have offered you some good alternatives. And if you'd like to do more research into the lingerie we've mentioned in this week's Fashion Forward, you're more than welcome to view our newsletter under Current Edition on our website, www.thefrontrowclub.com. Sophia and I found some really cute sets for you guys, so make sure you check it out. Of course, everything that we suggest is unsponsored and what we've been finding to work the best for us. We hope you enjoyed this week's Fashion Forward segment, and we'll be back next week with a new topic. As for now, let's get back into our discussion about first dates. Now that you've decided it's a suitable date and you're all ready and feeling confident, What's the next step to a successful first date? I would say the next steps actually go hand in hand. It's definitely the conversation and the body language, because the way you carry yourself is what he'll have to remember you by until he sees you again. I know I get nervous when I'm actually in the car with my date and I haven't felt out the vibe yet, but here's something to remember in that moment. He's probably just as nervous as you are, so you can help out the both of you guys by breaking the ice and setting a good tone for the evening. Absolutely. Engaging in small talk when he first picks you up is a great opportunity to make your date comfortable, and that will help out with your first impression. I usually say I'm excited to try out the restaurant, and I ask them if they've been there before, but that's just my go-to. That's a good one, and I agree with that. 
I keep it simple and I go with the classic, hey, how's it going conversation, but it's also important to pay attention to what your date is saying and resist the urge to simply wait for your turn to speak. Believe it or not, guys really like talking and they want your full attention. That's a great point. I think everyone wants to connect and feel understood. So active listening can show your date that you value their insights. It involves not only hearing their words, but also understanding their emotions and the intentions behind them. It's definitely a two-way street, so don't be afraid to share your own thoughts and experiences. Oftentimes, your date will base how deeply they connect with you off of the vulnerability that you show them. Definitely. Sharing personal stories and experiences not only helps your date get to know you better, but it also creates a more relaxed and open atmosphere. But sometimes stories can leave the wrong impression if your date doesn't know you well enough. So to guarantee that second date, we recommend avoiding heavy topics and stories that might not paint you in the most appealing light. Yeah, certainly no financial issues, no family or friend drama, and definitely no exes. But more seriously, it's not just about what you say, but how you say it, because tone and body language are the basic building blocks of communication. So eye contact and tone are pretty straightforward. Britt, what are some other tips for conveying good body language on your date? It's a great question. I think that the obvious ones are to maintain ladylike posture, so no slouching and definitely keep your legs together. And on the subject of keeping your legs crossed, ladies, please be mindful if you're wearing a skirt. I wish it wasn't this way, but most guys won't see you as a date if you're too sexy too soon. If you'd like to stay out of hookup territory, you can set yourself up by wearing an outfit that enhances your allure, but doesn't give your date a good idea of what you look like underneath. Right? This is where so many people go wrong, unfortunately. I understand the temptation to maximize your appeal, I do, but I promise you'll have better results leaving something to the imagination. It's a fine line between subtly getting his attention and having his mind on one thing and one thing only. So my go-to formula is a modest piece paired with a piece that has an unexpected sexy element like a backless sweater or a mini skirt with sheer black tights. The formula is tried and true. I swear, an exposed collarbone or exposed back is somehow more attractive than showing cleavage. So, once you have the outfit, conversation, and body language down, how do you end the night? Well, I know it can be awkward when everything's going great, the conversation is flowing, and all of a sudden, the check comes. I feel like a lot of girls are stumped on what to do about the check. I know I sure was when I first started dating. It can be really awkward, but we'll make it clear for you. He should definitely be paying for the date. No doubt about it, especially if it's the first one. My go-to move is putting my wallet on the end of the table at the start of the date so he's aware that I'm not there for free dinner. But when the bill actually comes, I never reach for it. So far, I haven't had to use my wallet. I just let the guy step into his role, and he seems to enjoy it. And if he doesn't, I would reconsider before going on another date with him. Just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you on this one, Britt. Also, ladies... Just because he pays for your date doesn't mean he's entitled to take you home or anything like that. I think most men have been picking up on this, though. The guys I've been going out with lately are super respectful and respect my good night. That's right. Ending the night with a simple thank you, I had a great time, and can't wait to do it again is perfect. It really is that simple, Brit. I use that one a lot, actually. But if it's a little awkward ending the night and you're ready to go home... You can always say that you have work or another important commitment early in the morning and excuse yourself that way. 
For sure. I actually have a story about the end of the night ruining an otherwise perfect date. It's so bad. Of course you do, Britt. Let's hear it, though. Okay, so there was this one time I went on a date with this guy, and we had such a wonderful time. The date was perfect, and he was so nice. And at the end of the evening, he asked me to come back to his apartment. And I was feeling pretty tired. Honestly, like, I did have work the next morning, and so... I was like, yeah, like I'm ready to go home. And so he was nice about it. He dropped me off at home. And then later that evening, I got a text from him saying that he was so upset that I didn't go over to his place because he cleaned his entire apartment for me. And I'm just like, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like I'm sitting on my phone and I'm like, do you expect me to like congratulate you for cleaning your entire apartment on the off chance that I might come over I was like appalled by it but I would have called him out on that I would have been like oh so it's not clean when you don't think you have lady company coming by it was just so uncool though it was giving desperate I hate that there was no second date well thank you for sharing Brit and encouraging our listeners to walk away if the date isn't worth it we hope you all enjoyed today's episode and have learned a thing or two from us about first dates. As we wrap up our conversation, we wanted to ask you guys our question of the week. This week, we're asking you, what do you want for Valentine's Day this year? It can also be something you're getting for yourself. I know my little situationship probably won't get me anything this year, so I think I'm going to get myself a new pair of Nike Dunks for the gym. How about you, Sophia? That's tough, Rit. I think I'm going to go with something from Skims. After that Lana Del Rey collab, I'm so influenced. I saw that recently. I am so obsessed. If you'd like, you can participate through our comment section on YouTube or Q&A on Spotify or the write-in form on our homepage of our website, www.thefrontrowclub.com. And rest assured, we're looking forward to engaging with all of your questions and all your responses. If you leave a message, we'll get back to you. And of course, you can always leave your comments on our website's write-in section, so please let us know your thoughts. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Front Row Club. If you want to stay up to date with everything we have going on, you can follow us on Instagram at Front Row Club and this podcast on Spotify or YouTube at The Front Row Club. We're excited to announce that we are now available everywhere you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to drop a rating of five stars on Spotify if you enjoyed today's episode. It really helps us a lot. And as always, we're so excited to be back with all of you next week, bright and early at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next episode where we'll be talking about fake designer, specifically DHgate. We have quite a few hot takes for this one, so you won't want to miss it. As always, we're saving you the best seat in the house. XOXO, the front row club. <laughs>